Okay, welcome to What Are Your Thoughts? This is a show I ripped off from downtown Josh Brown. Basically, I have three questions that I'm going to ask Mr. Landsberg that he doesn't know about. He's got three questions he's going to ask me about that I don't know about, and we're going to see what happens. All right. So first thing, I'll go first. Sound good? Please. Okay. Blackout Tuesday. It was yesterday. What were your thoughts? Uh, I think it was well-intentioned. I would rather see people share information about the movement. I was fascinated by the four or five days before that. I, in Hawaii, we have protests, but there's no marches. There's no police pushback. There's none of that. I wanted to see as much of that as possible. And I think a lot of people misunderstood what Blackout Tuesday was supposed to mean. And instead of amplifying those uh, spread information, which was the original plan for what I understood Blackout Tuesday was supposed to be, people thought you're just supposed to put a black square and then not do anything else. And that, what it does is it stops people from hearing what we need to hear, which is seeing what we need to see, which is more videos, more information, actions of the police officers, actions of the protesters, actions of what people are doing both ways, back and forth. So um, that was my main issue. And then it de-escalates into people arguing about whether we should be blacking out Tuesday or not. Um, and that doesn't help any movement. But again, like the movement isn't about me. So I'm not here to, I can say what I see, I can say what I believe, but I'm not here to take over or to suggest that I know better than anybody else. It's just my sort of outlook or point of view on it. Well, this is, this is why it's so great that me and you, we talk because there could be a glass that's half full and I might say it's half full. You might say it's half empty, might be vice versa, but it's still that glass. It's the same thing that we're looking at. So with blackout Tuesday, my interpretation was, Oh, what a great idea. I woke up and I noticed it on Instagram and I was all on board as soon as I, um, sort of started to understand what it was all about. For, for me, I will admit, I didn't look very deeply like how I feel like your standards should have been. I didn't look into it that way. I just thought as, oh, good. After all this BS, we have a day on social media where people are just going to put a black square and say nothing. And I saw that as the absence of like, you know, the stupid selfies and the fitness pictures and what you're doing. It's the absence of that so that we could focus on what was going on. The protests, the, the racism, the police brutality. I was like, let's just take a day off from social media and be unified. I was so stoked when I was like scrolling through my feed and I saw people, you know, they changed on Facebook uh, their profile picture or they post just um, the black um, or on Instagram doing the same thing. I was totally all about it. And I thought it was a great show of like unification. And I also thought I was like, thank God it wasn't something that incited like violence. Like we could probably have another little session and talk about the effectiveness of the riots. It kind of is, can go both ways, but I was happy to see less of that and more of a focus to me, this is my interpretation. To me, it was the absence of all the BS. So we could just focus racism, blackout. That's what I saw. Cool. Okay. Hit me up. What you got for me? So, okay. Do I got to do about current events? Is it about your life? I can ask you. You can ask me anything. You grew up here, right? Born and raised. 
Is that my question? Did I lose it? Did I just ask the wrong? All right. So next question. <laughs> no, you can ask me whatever, man. What was the thing about the mainland that surprised you the most when you moved to live there? Uh, what, what was just local and normal to me, like walking around in board shorts to them on the mainland, I'd have to be going to the beach. I'd be in my, my slippers in board shorts, just cruising, whatever, skateboarding places. People saw that as super relaxed. Like it was just different. I noticed people were like, I don't know if it's just, you're in a new place, new environment. I probably just invented it in my head. I thought people were looking at me, but now that I look back, well, I'm the kid with the big Afro from Hawaii, the tan skin, who's in the board shorts skateboarding. Maybe they just saw a kid skateboarding. I don't know. But for some reason, when I first went off to school, that's what I noticed. That's awesome. Yeah. Why, why'd you ask that? Like, I don't. <laughs> that kind of thing's interesting to me. Like, I have a kid who's going to grow up here. So okay. I don't know how to prepare him for that. And I know when I moved, when I went to college, which is what I was thinking about, was the first time I moved away from my hometown. And the world was so totally different where I went. So I'm always fascinated by what people learn when they move away, right? Anytime you're outside your comfort zone, and the first time you're not sleeping at mom's house or dad's house, mm-hmm. often that's the first time you're really outside your comfort zone. So yeah. homesickness. I remember that I was homesick right around the six week mark. I wanted to go back home, but you pushed through and, you know, got over it. I thought I was going to make it through Thanksgiving. And then when I got to Thanksgiving, I thought I wasn't going to make it through Thanksgiving. Like I thought, ah, what's the big deal? It won't bother me. And then for whatever reason that weekend sort of got to me. Mm. Okay, cool. So my question for you is a hashtag I'm making up for the purpose of this little conversation. Hashtag open it up. What do you think about opening things up? What are your thoughts? I think we do it slowly. I think we do it carefully. I think if there's not a huge uptick two weeks after Memorial Day, because everybody was at the beach, there was nobody following social distancing in Hawaii. I don't know about the rest of the world, but in Hawaii, nobody was following that. Um, If there's not a huge uptick in two weeks, I start to wonder how much was us being over careful, which I'm glad we're careful but how much was us being over careful and how much we have to rethink about what we're going to do in the future going forward. Um, but yeah, I, 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 we really don't know because since we closed before the disease got to Hawaii, we don't have first person experience of what's going to happen when people see each other or speak to each other and things of that nature. But my big, my big problem with social distancing, my big problem was the original plan when it first came out was first, we're going to stay apart for two to three weeks, maybe a month. But as you go through it, it's going to be understood that you're going to have close friends and family relations and you're going to start visiting with them, but you'll get as the curve flattens, you'll visit with them. But if you get sick, it's because you trusted someone who you really shouldn't have trusted. If you can hang out with somebody, but it's got to be worth it to you to want to go get sick when you go hang out with that person. The, the um, quarantine, I think, was the original phrase they used. Who's going to be on your quarantine, right? Because uh, the idea that we're supposed to stay home alone with no other human beings for two to three months to six months to a year, it's just unrealistic. It's, unhuman, it's inhumane. And it, it's not, I believe, 
uh, mentally health possible to me. So what you do is when you order that, when you order something which is impossible for humans and their mental health, what you're really doing is encouraging people to break the law, right? If I tell you you're never allowed to eat again, you're still going to eat. I mean, you're going to because you have to live. But what I'm also doing is telling you, figure out how to get away with it. And that's a huge problem to me. So if we had stuck to that original plan where, you know, my kid will have one or two other families, because I can't keep up with a six-year-old and he can't live indoors 24 hours a day. It's just not physically possible for a six-year-old with that amount of energy to do that. So I can go hang out. We can sit on the side. They can run around. If one of us gets sick, we all get sick. I hate that. It's horrible. I don't want that to happen, but it would be something I accept for that reason. The purpose of shutting down businesses, restaurants, things of that nature is so you can't require people to get sick for your business. So for example, if, if businesses were allowed to stay open, your bails bondsman, the one who works for you says, you know what? I don't know if I feel comfortable coming in. You go, okay, you're fired. Or they say, you know what, I'm sort of under the weather today. I don't want to come in. You go, okay, you're fired. If you're so under the weather, you can't come in, you're fired. And, and that's why some of the shutdown needed to happen. The problem is we forgot that humans need human contact. And then the other thing I'll tell you is when I was 20 or 21, living the way I was living at the time, if you would have told me uh, you're not allowed to go outside, you're not allowed to see anybody you don't live with, um, I would have found a way to go outside and find people I don't live with. Like, I mean, it just would have happened. So I, I, it's important that when you make laws, when you make rules, that they're enforceable, but that they're, they're, that they make sense. Because if you don't, what you do is teach people that they should break the law. We laugh about it in other countries and other times throughout history. Uh, we shouldn't sort of encourage that at this point of time is my timid, timid suggestion. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You ready to open it up? Yeah, I'm ready to open up. I'll tell you what. I think we're at the point where um, it's messed up. And I'll admit there's many flaws in my argument. But we're at the point where I think the people who have the predisposition, like maybe you're over 60 or 70, whatever the statistics are, maybe you have a pre-existing condition. That's up to you to know because you're the one with the condition, right? Um, whether it's some sort of lung condition, maybe it's obesity, maybe whatever it is. I think we're at the point where you need to opt out and continue to shelter for yourself and continue to order your groceries and continue to like, you know, maintain the distancing. And then as a society, the rest of us, we need to move on bottom line and we got to move on smart. Like we're not going to be stupid about it. Clearly we shouldn't have like people getting together and watching sports all next to each other that has to be off the table clearly and you know what i like wearing my like little thing because (laughs) people out there are gross man like if i could protect myself and then if they participate and they protect themselves the fact that we're both wearing masks even if they're only like maybe 30 percent effective that added with their 30 percent effectiveness with six foot distancing and not being in elevators that are super packed. I think we can go about this a smart way and it's time to open it up. People need to make a living. I'm all for the opening up. Just, you just don't be stupid about it. Like try to proceed with caution. And if, and only if we have this huge relapse and then we turn into New York, 
because every jurisdiction is different. New York, I'm not going to say for them to do the exact same thing, but here in Hawaii, hashtag open it up. So you are okay with our parents dying? Okay. I am in a family uh, run business right now. Um, my dad is uh, 68 years old, so he's at high risk. Right. Um, I specifically do like little timing things so that we're not in direct contact. And we were very strict about that for about the first three, three, four, four weeks or so. But then I started breaking the rules. Totally. We started talking to each other. Um, sometimes my mask is up. Sometimes this is down. Sometimes we're both just, you know, exposed. And you know what? We're at the point where if something were to happen, I know for a fact, because I have several friends that are doctors and nurses, the hospital system isn't like, it's not like Italy right now. It's not like New York. We're not like at a loss for medical profession professionals who could care for people. That curve, not only has it been flattened, we're at the point where they're furloughing healthcare workers. If something terrible did happen because well, of I haven't me, heard that. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. And I my dad heard about a furlough. I'm sorry, come again? I haven't. I just haven't, I haven't heard about a furlough, so I can't say that I, I've, I've heard that happen in Hawaii, maybe, but um, I, uh, I think it's reprehensible to think that people should be required to go to work who are at risk or lose their job. And if we're opening up and you're saying they're on their own, that, you know, they should still shelter at home. What you're saying is business can fire somebody because they're obese or have a comorbidity or they have some previous thing. And that's really what we have to stay away from is because what will happen is those people will go to work because they can't lose their job. So then when they go to work, not everybody's in a family run business where dad isn't going to fire them. Right. Or where son can take a little bit more of the pressure on their back uh, to make sure dad and mom stay alive. Right. What's going to end up happening is people are going to say, well, I got to support my kids. So I'm going to go to work and, 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 even if I have a cough or even if the guy next to me has a cough, I have to do that because I'll lose my job otherwise. And that's what's going to kill uh, my parents or my, my father, right? And that's what I'm worried about. I, I want to keep parents alive. And, you know, it's not like the disease is over. We don't know everything about it. The idea that we know everything about a disease which is six months old is ludicrous to me. But just today they uh, announced that dogs, the first dog caught, uh, coronavirus yeah. uh -huh. that came out it was either today or last night so you know uh this COVID 19 so uh, the question is is it still changing is it still moving on i think we open up slowly and carefully but the idea that you either have to have uh the water on uh frozen or you have to have the water on boiling is crazy talk to me you can have lukewarm water it's okay we can move slowly to that point. That's all right. We don't, not everything has to be Republicans, Democrats, not everything has to be slippery slope. Not everything has to be uh, all or nothing. It's okay to open it slowly. And I think that's where we should be, but it has to be slow enough that we can see if there's an uptick in uh, viruses because one person dies, one person too many. That's the way I look at it. I'm not at the point where I want to accept this where because the one person could be related to me if that's what i'm saying or even worse could be working in my office um and then they get me they get my family sick and people are going to say sorry 
and there's sorry i needed a hammer drug and that to me is sort of reprehensible so but that's you so it's okay you can do that okay uh i'll push back with one simple point and then we'll move on um i don't think i was really making the point that if you're sick you should go infect people at work um no no, no. i don't think you're saying that and i'm not i'm not trying to put that word in your mouth but yeah, what you're saying is and I'm not saying you're saying that, so you're not following it. What, what I am saying is um, the people who are sick or the people who are uh, predisposed to it would have to go to work because they can be fired if they don't go. I don't think that's true either. You can't fire someone for not showing up? Well, if you frame it that way, then yeah, of course, if you were supposed to be at work and then you are problematic and you just blow off work and you don't go then yeah well, how many sick days do you get do you get 14 well here's what I'll like i'm self-employed you're self-employed but do most people get 14 sick days i mean like how long if you feel better after two or three days when we know the virus may not even occur until seven to 14 days later do we then encourage people to go back when they're at a minimum so they can make that money and then get people sick? I'm not saying people are going with the intention to get people sick, but when you're taking that risk, you, 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 when you're taking that risk, you're healthy, you're young, you're in the right category. You're not taking the risk for you. You're taking the risk for me and my family. And that's what the shutdown was about. Now I'm on board with opening it slowly, but the idea where we go, boom, everybody go. I just don't see how that makes scientific sense. I'm not saying, there might be something that says otherwise, but I don't know why we'd want to endanger people and then tell people, you know, you're done if you don't. I think that's the real issue to me. Okay, um, I'm gonna put a bow on this. So yeah, you know what, if you're sick, my recommendation clearly is not to go to work and I'm not gonna make the jump that if you are sick, you're gonna get fired. I don't connect the two. You're gonna take time off. And if something happens and you do get fired because you got a shitty boss, I get it. You could file for unemployment and you'll have to try your best with what you got. I'm not into forcing people to go to work if they're sick. I want people to stay at home. I want them to opt out. If you're at high risk, that was my point. I want you to opt out. I don't think by yeah. reopening it up, I'm also saying, hey, you sick person, you got to go to work and infect people. That's, I think, the difference. Or you're fired. Yeah. I mean, you you're exactly saying that's exactly what you're saying and the person let's be clear some people don't show that they're sick so they can go to work without knowing that they're sick or they can hide they're sick because they still need to make their money and they need to keep their job or maybe they're not sick maybe they just think they're sick uh and they should probably stay home for the time being and they get fired for being careful for other people's lives we got to think about what we're rewarding that's to me the main issue so uh, absolutely, you're saying people have to go to work if they're sick. And that's 100% what it means if you say what you said. All right, I disagree. Let's move on. So, um, is it your turn? Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where do you want to go that you haven't been to yet? Man, there's a few. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking like a surf trip in like Indo or Bali just because since the whole COVID lockdown, I've like, you know, the gyms are closed, my yoga studio's closed, can I change jujitsu? Like, there's nothing much that you could do except for go to the beach, because we've been able to get into the water um, all this time. So I did start surfing. And you know what, I'm in like, day 70 something of going. And 
man, I'm like super stoked. I would legit take like a surf vacation to like, you know, Indonesia, something like that. And that's something that pre COVID I would have never entertained because I didn't surf at all. <laughs> so yeah. What about you? Where are you um, going? Space. You know, when I asked the question, I wasn't even thinking about even, even though we just had that whole conversation, when I asked the question, I wasn't even thinking about COVID. Like, it had totally left my mind. So, <laughs> I didn't we even think COVID in space. <laughs> Once you started talking about it, I was like, well, you know, where is the least likely place for me to get uh, infected? And yeah, space. Wow. Space. That's a pretty good one. And way to go, Elon. Uh, SpaceX, NASA, they got some Americans into space for the first time in decades. So right on, get them up there. Oh, get people more. have been going into space. They, they, people have gone into space in the last few decades, but it's um, the first time it's been a privately funded uh, company uh, as opposed to just uh, public. And I, I don't, and they stopped the space shuttle program a long time ago. So that's also the issue. Yeah. We need to get to Mars. We need our plan B. So uh, my last question for you is. Give me a drum roll. Mr. Lionsberg, tell me something good, something positive for people out there because we're going through a rough time. And you stumped me on this one. Hang on a second. Or uh, let me let me fill some airtime up. If there's anything that's been positive to happen from this COVID thing um, that you want to know or just anything positive in general, I'll take it. I think the important thing to remember is that when we look around, we can see how many people are coming together about a number of different things. So especially in the beginning days of COVID, you saw how many people basically gave up their livelihoods for a long time to say, I care about other human beings. I want my brothers and sisters, my cousins, and people I don't know to live, especially people who might be healthy say, no, no, no. I want people who may be disabled to, uh, or have comorbidities to definitely not get exposed to this. And I think that's huge when we think about it. I think when you see the uh, uprisings and the protests and the following of George Floyd, you see how many people really, really care. Blackout Tuesday, for example. Even if uh, the people putting black squares are not people who don't care, they might not know what else to do, or they might not really have a place to march in their part of uh, a small town, or they might have parents who would beat the hell out of them if they did march, right? But we got to remember that people are coming together. They're working in the right direction and uh, love and happiness and togetherness, I strongly believe is winning because a hundred years ago or 50 years ago, I mean, we had riots for the same thing in 92, but they're not to this degree. Now you're in so many cities. There's so much going on. Um, so I think it's important to remember that no matter how it appears on social media or the news or on the internet, that we're not getting along, the vast majority of people seem to be banded together for the right thing. And I think that is only positive news mm. going forward. Awesome. That's a good message. Thank you for that. What about you? Uh, tell you something good. What is something good? God, there's been so much bad. There's been so much bad. Um, I'm going to be selfish again. It was four to five at canoes yesterday. And, 
I caught the best wave I've ever caught. Um, super long ride. And I watched these vlogs on YouTube by Jamie O'Brien. Um, and his girlfriend is a really famous uh, longboarder. And when I was on my way, and it's funny, it's so crazy parking to like get out to the beach. I have to park all the way down by like past the zoo, all the way by like Caimanas. I literally get a Bicky bike and I carry my board on my side. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, just like going and blah, blah. I was like, oh shoot, it's Tina. So the wave's Tina sized, which is like, it's an inside joke on the YouTube station. If like they're Tina sized, that means it's good for longboarding. And she's like, yeah, they're Tina sized. And I was like, oh wow. Somebody I've been watching on YouTube the last like, few months and they were like coming in and I was going out and I was like, that's super cool. And then the last wave of the day, I caught the best wave I've ever caught. Caught it wow. all the way in. I was super stoked. So it's selfish, but that's something good for me. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. That's really good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. So time for the final question for me? The final question. Yes, sir. So in your life, what's the worst experience with racism that you've ever dealt with? Uh, I got one, but I quickly got over it. So I got mistaken for somebody in college. And I mean, I don't hold anything against the police for this. Uh, but I did have a gun pulled on me. And I, I just got to chill thinking about it. But it's not something I let affect me. Um, I don't have any resentment about it, but I was a third year student at UCLA and I remember it happening and that was, that's 2003. And fast forward to today and how things happen like that. Um, I just don't focus on it and I try not to let that define me, but it did happen. So when people get with, I totally get it because I was just a kid basically on campus, like like on campus, like how do I get a gun pulled on me? How do I get mistaken for and and even if some kid did something, why are you pulling a gun on a kid on a on a college campus? So I try not to get bogged down by that, but that was probably the worst thing I could think of that happened to me on the spot. And that was just you matched the description. Well, shoot, it was night. I've got brown skin and curly hair. Whoever they're looking for matched the description. Who was what? I'm six feet. I could be anybody at night. You know what I mean? I'm a mixed kid. So eh, whatever. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's okay. That's okay, man. So very good. Thank you very much for joining me. And then uh, you are the great trial attorney, Marcus Landsberg. If anybody wants to, you know, holler at you for some legal advice, how can they find you? Um, you can go to my website, which is 808crime.com. You can uh, hit me on Twitter if you want me to make fun of you, which is Landsberg Law. And then I think my Facebook is Hawaii Lawyer. So that might be the easiest one to remember. Oh, no, Instagram. Instagram Hawaii Lawyer. That's by far the best one. That's the easiest one. And you just see pictures of me um, and my kids and awards and nonsense. So... Yeah. And if you get in trouble, uh, I'm more than happy to help you out. But really, I just like coming here to talk to you, Nick. Someone needs to um, answer your questions because you have a lot of them. And I want to help you do that if at all possible. There you go. Well, that's episode one of uh, What Are Your Thoughts? Very good. Thank you very much for your time.